Welcome to another episode of Get a Good Start. Hey folks, I started getagoodstart.com to help other people. And one of the ways I can do that is to introduce you to resources that can help you be successful. The Growth Suite is one of those partners and their mission is to provide you with the skill set, mindset, and tool set to increase your impact and income. Check out their free resources for Get a Good Start listeners over at thegrowthsuite.com slash getagoodstart. Don't forget to visit getagoodstart.com for links to our guests and a list of action items that can help you get a good start. My next guest started his very successful advertising agency back in 1983. At that time, it was a two-person company operating out of his kitchen. And since then, he has gotten to service customers like Sony, Cone Resnick, Subway, Amtrak, Aetna, and Investors Bank. Consistently, his agency has been ranked number one or number two in New Jersey. Welcome to the show, President of Source Communications, Mr. Larry Rothstein. Welcome, Larry. Scott, thank you. Very kind intro. Appreciate it. Larry, let's start off with the question I ask every guest. What does getting a good start mean to you as it applies to your typical workday? You know, that's a great question because what I really do is it all starts the night before. And it's always started the night before for my entire career. I always make a list of what I want to accomplish the next day. And I find that it's easier to do it the night before because I've just come off a day, I've had dinner, I've relaxed a little, and now I'm thinking about how I want to attack the following day. And I make a list of who I want to call, of emails I need to return, emails I need to write, staff people that I want to have a meeting with, ideas that I want generated, for clients. Um, so it all gets on this list. And I will tell you, most nights the list is longer than the day is long. Um, but I try to fit in a lot. I tend to get up relatively early. Um, you know, I'm not one of these maniacs who gets up at 4 30 or 5 and starts <laughs> my day. I won't ever admit to that. But I do get up around 6 30 or so and I do a quick workout um, just to get my mind fresh and feeling good. And I'm usually working by a quarter to eight, eight o'clock in the morning. And, and I start checking off the list, but here's the problem, Scott, hmm. I usually get a detour, you know, around 25 times during the day. So it's always a challenge to finish the list because so many things happen during the course of a day that are unplanned. Larry, let's go back to 1983. If, you, if I could put you in a time machine and send you back to that kitchen and you could tell yourself something that could get you off to a better start, what would it be? To understand that everything is fluid, that, that sometimes the plan that you have, that you start out with, that path is going to have curves and detours. And, you know, if you're the kind of person like I was at the time, thinking that I had a lot of answers and I knew, and I thought my life and my path was going to be this straight line. I learned really quickly and I would have gone through a lot less heartache if I knew that it was going to take me in different directions and I needed to go with that flow. And when I finally learned to accept that and go with that flow and not try to force it back to where I wanted it to go, but adapt to where it was taking me and then making that work for everyone concerned. I became much better at what I do. And, and it also made me understand 
that a business is all about the detour, but what is it that you do with the detour? Do you take the left turn or the right turn, you know, and whichever decision you make couldn't be the right one. It could also be wrong, but you have to make it the right one. And, and then, you know, go with that flow. And I think that would be a lesson that I wish I knew then, because it would have, um, I think, helped me eliminate some of the frustration that I had early on. As a follow-up to that, Larry, I just thought of something. Was there ever a time when you were taking one of those detours and you realized it was the choice you made was just the wrong choice? What was an instance where that happened to you and you said, you know what, how the heck am I going to back out of this or how am I going to resolve this? You really didn't see a way out. It looked like a dead end to you. But was there an aha moment or something that helped you resolve that issue? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question, Scott, but it's it's very penetrating. So it, it takes me back to a lot of different moments. But early on, I would say this. I started this agency thinking, remember, it was 1983. The world was totally different. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking that I was really going to be on the media end of the agency world. I was going to make 15 cent dollars. And I was going to serve clients by planning and placing media for them and make money. And then what happened was, is that clients wanted more and more, but I wasn't set up to handle more and more from a creative perspective, from a research perspective. And the aha moment happened when I started bringing in some freelance talent to help me get things done that I needed uh, to help my clients. But what I realized quickly is that freelance people back then didn't have the dedication that I needed to and my own timeline that I needed to deliver on behalf of the client. And I had a really tough decision to make because I said, if I don't shift course here and start building a staff, which is going to, which is going to mean investment of monies that either I had or I didn't have and figure out how to surround myself with a good team who would be as dedicated and loyal as I was, I don't think that I could have made it because once I started saying no to clients needs, because I would have thought, I just want to do your media, but if they wanted all these other things and I would ultimately not be able to deliver either on time or with quality or on budget, I could have lost everything. So that big moment was, I realized it. I made the decision to start investing money in people and bringing people to surround me. Um, to help me do things that I wasn't good at. And that was a major aha moment because without that decision, I don't think I'd be here. Hmm. It was really an enormous moment in my career. So really learning what you did and didn't know how to do and getting the right people who are as dedicated as you to do it and so do important. it well. Yeah. So important. And really understanding what your skill set is and what you need help on. I think that's really important too because as talented as we all may be, we can't do everything. We just yeah. can't. And, and, you know, and if, or you end up staying in your, you know, your lane, but you're not going to be able to grow. Mm -hmm. And as the years went by, it was very clear as we went from the, you know, traditional media, traditional uh, creative world into the digital world, right? If, mm -hmm. if we weren't adaptable 
and surrounded ourselves with the right people, then we couldn't have made the transition that we made ultimately and keep up with what was actually happening in this amazingly hard, fascinating, great industry that we're in. So Larry, fast forward to today. What is a piece of advice you would give every college graduate today? I don't know if it's one piece of advice, Scott, but here's a couple of main pieces of advice. One is you have to be your own brand. You know, we as individuals all have a lot to offer and we have to recognize that. So I would recommend, and I say this to every young person who comes in here to either interview for a job or to just get advice um, on their future, that you are your own brand. And if you don't advocate for yourself and you don't understand what it is you want, where you want to go, what you can offer to get there, then why should anybody else believe in you? So you have to create your brand and then work on that brand every day because you're out there. You are the brand. So you have to understand that. You're not just another person out in the world. You are a brand out there in the business world. That's number one. Number two, I think humility is also important because they sound like they're maybe contradictory statements, but you could have a really strong personal worth, self-worth and brand, but be humble. You don't know everything. Ask questions, be involved. Don't just stay in your lane. Tell your supervisor, tell the owner, if you can, of a company, what your goals, what your dreams are, what your aspirations are, but not that you know it all already, that you want to soak it up, that you want to be even more valuable during your time at that particular company or in school or the club or, you know, whatever it is you are doing in life, just be humble about it. You know, go about it with amazing confidence, but have some humility. Um, Cause I have found a lot of younger people coming out of college don't have that. They come out thinking, you know, there's a little bit of arrogance to them. And, and, you know, sometimes that's good because it's an edge and, but I think there has to be a balance. Just has right. to be a balance of self-confidence without arrogance, self-confidence with humility. And I think that's really important. And the last thing I'll say on that, if you don't mind my just adding this, Scott, is give, as you're out there looking for a job and especially your first job or your second job, give that employer the reason why you should be hired. You know, everybody can just come in and do work. I believe that. I you can, it, There's a difference once they get there and who grows, who doesn't grow, who mm -hmm. advances, who doesn't advance. But give the employer a reason why it should be you. Why are you unique? What makes you different? What are you gonna give to that company, that job? What's gonna make that difference? And be prepared to talk about that. And that's vitally important. Moving on to the next thing. Now we're going to talk about some of your, your work experience, specifically in the advertising world and as, a, as an owner. You started a business. You told me about some of the tough things that we've had personal conversations about way back when, when you started. But when you started your, your firm, what really was, I know there's lots of hard lessons you learn along the way, but what was the toughest one to take? That you always don't get what you want. 
and you always don't get what you plan for. You know, there were a lot of moments early on where we would pitch a piece of business and not win. And I couldn't for the life of me understand why we didn't, because in my mind, we were great. And I had to learn to accept defeat, but never embrace it. Always try to learn, you know, from the loss. That's number one. Number two, I had to learn that big companies, especially bigger, larger companies who we started working with, they change personnel and leadership often. And in the advertising world, so much of this business is based on relationships. And what I had to learn, and I learned with some hard lessons, is when people lose their jobs and you know it's not a given that you're going to keep your business even though you had nothing to do with any any negativity at <laughs> that client and that's a hard lesson to accept when you're younger and when you're starting out because you always think as long as you do a great job you know you're solid nothing could happen to you that is the furthest from the truth you know you, you always have to have your eyes open and you got to keep learning every day and you have to read the tea leaves and you have to understand that when clients shift jobs, shift positions, leave companies, new CEOs come in, new board of directors comes in, a private equity firm buys the company, you know, any of these things can change your life, even though you haven't done anything to cause it. And that's a huge lesson to learn. And honestly, Scott, after 38 years owning my agency, I still have to learn it. I, I, I have to keep reminding myself, you know, that things happen and it's sometimes out of our control. Let's talk about hiring the right people, right? On this hand, in this hand, I got two resumes, people perfectly qualified and you interview both of them and you, they seem to be similar in personality and get up and go and, how do you separate? What's the quality you look for that makes you choose two people who might have the same talent set? How, how do you choose one over the other? What's yeah. the quality you're looking for? Yeah. Such a good question. Um, because I think hiring is one of the hardest things that owners do. Mm-hmm. Finding the right people, finding the right team to surround yourself with and put in front of your clients and work internally in the office. To me, Scott, What's on a resume is important, but what's more important is how that individual relates to either me or someone else who's interviewing that person on a personal level. You know, do they understand our company? Do, have they really taken the time to understand our clients? In today's world, it's easy to do. All you have to do is look at the website. You know, have they taken the time to look at some of our campaigns? You know, have they taken the time to develop the right questions in the interview? Because I would say that the connection that I feel with a candidate surpasses anything that's on that resume. When I hired somebody back, I'm going to go back 14, 15 years ago, I was down to two candidates for a job to actually be the account management supervisor on our Amtrak business. Um, and, and one other account. There was one person who graduated from Harvard, 
true story. Graduated from Harvard, magna cum laude, had a great accomplished college career at Harvard, had some really interesting jobs post Harvard, although still young, um, but was very, I would say we didn't connect, but I knew this person had all the right experience, was really smart, could write a creative brief, could absolutely write a conference report, could probably connect with the client and get to know their business. But the other person was <clears throat> coming out of Ryder College, and which is not Harvard, and had around four years of experience, but had an infectious personality that in that interview room, I just instantly connected to. We, it turned into more of a conversation than a question, answer, question, answer. And I remember so enjoying the conversation. And this, these two people met four or five other people within the agency. And everybody seemed really attracted to the Harvard education. And ultimately I made the decision to go with the other person because of the connection I felt personally. And they were still unbelievable intelligence, but there was a drive that I saw in this person. There was, a, there was an inner soul that came out in, in, this, in this process. And it was a big job because those were big clients for us. Mm -hmm. And um, I went with my gut and I have found that through all these years, I have hired, I've had some terrible hires, but I would say the majority have been phenomenal. And people have been here a really, really long time because we connect on it on both a business level and we connect from a moral perspective on values. And I can tell that pretty quickly talking to people um, just for a several minutes. It, it, it's, I would say it's a skill set to be able to look through someone and get to know someone. So I, you know, when I listen to all that, all that and distill it down and having hired people myself, I, I, I think one of, one of the things you're talking about is if we could give advice to a student or a person who's going in for a job is be genuine, be, be invested in the job you want to get at, get, but also be genuine in everything you're saying. And I think that bridges the gap personality wise with whoever you're interviewing with, because they can feed off of that. They could read that. And, you know, I'm not saying that the other person wasn't genuine, but you know, I think they're probably a little bit more polished in their presentation skills. And maybe you saw through that. Maybe you said, this isn't the person who's going to meld with everyone just as, as well. Yeah. Right. I think, I think that's hundred percent true. And, and in addition to the word genuine, I would use the word authentic mm -hmm. um, because authenticity to me is really important. You know, we have only been around this long because we do what we say we can do. We don't BS, mm -hmm. you know, we, we sometimes hit grand slams. Sometimes we hit home runs. Sometimes we hit doubles. Sometimes we hit singles. Sometimes we strike out, but it's always done with authenticity. It, it, you know, we're always very upfront and we're very cognizant of what we're really good at. And, um, and I want people to know that too, and then make us better each day. Let's finish up with one final question. And it really has to do with pat passing passing on some more advice to students, right? Art and design students out there, they're going to start looking for a job and, you know, starting May, 
if they haven't already started looking. What is your advice to them and maybe a skill set or value that they might want to have when they walk into the room with that resume and interview? If they don't have it already, what's something they should go out and learn or at least know something about? I would say this from a design perspective, Scott, I would say having some writing skills are vital. You know, a lot of designers that we meet here uh, that we have interviewed over the years, they they only think about design. They mm -hmm. that's that, that's where their lane is. I have found that the best designers, the best art directors are people who can also think conceptually and can potentially write a headline and think about it from a words perspective and then put it into a graphic that can jump off the page. I, and they and 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 they're not so reliant always working with a copywriter as a teammate. But even if they work with a copywriter as a teammate, that they should have some of that skill to think conceptually and think in words, which I think ultimately helps design. So that would be really important. And I think that that should be stressed as they people go out and look for jobs if they're just on the design side. And I think it's something they can call out. And if they're showing their book, whether they've done it in school or or in real life, they should be very clear about what their concept was, that, you know, that the concept started with this idea, turned into this headline, that turned into this layout. And, and I think that that is a real advantage for people who can do that. Because every company that is working leaner, right? It's, it's, it's just the realities of life. Everybody's doing things leaner, less people. So the more you can bring as a entry level employee to a to an agency or a design firm, the much better chance you have of being hired. Excellent. Excellent advice, Larry. I couldn't thank you more. Um, I think everyone should go check out your body of work at sourcead.com. And I've known you now for six or seven years. The work you turn out is amazing. The advice you give people is amazing. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. And I really look forward to a time when we could get together in person. I know that time is coming soon, but meet up with me up with you in person and uh, let's get over this pandemic and move things along. So thank you very God, much. Let me for say this to you before we go, number one, thank you. And number two, when I first talked about people being their own brand, you epitomized that oh, you epitomized thanks. that. And I knew that when I worked with you and since you left the bank, you 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 bring that forth every day and this podcast is exactly what i'm saying you created this and it's because of who you are and that really is the lesson that people need to take right that you can do anything you want you could be anything you want but you got to believe in yourself and believe in your own brand and then have the humility to go out and make it happen so i respect you so thank you for having me on i have no words larry thank you very much have a great day Okay, Scott, take care.